Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You're live from our studios in New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I'm Brian Custer in for Zubin. And the Clippers are hot. Knocked down the Suns last night in Phoenix. Series is now three games to two and heading back to L.A. Uh, thanks to Paul George. Paul George had what a performance. 41 points, 13 boards, uh, six assists uh, to lead uh, the Clippers to victory over the Suns. And you look, they got on them at the very even beginning of this game. You could tell their energy was different than Phoenix. And, you know, I thought they had – we ran a clip, ESPN ran a clip of the coaches at, at the half, and I thought Monty Williams said it right. He was like, hey, look, they ain't going to give it to you. You, you guys need to go get it. And, yeah. and it was the Clippers who played with that type of sense of urgency you saw right out of the gate. Uh, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Role players. Morris came out dropping threes. My man Bobby Schmurda, a.k.a. Reggie Jackson, knocking down threes. And he had another 20-point game, 23, I think, uh, to be exact. His ninth 20-point game for the Clippers. He only had seven during the regular season. So all the role players came. No Kawhi, no Zubak. They went to the small lineup, and this was the small lineup they used in the first two games. Went to Zubak in the next two games, but obviously with the knee, he's out. And they came up and played and played well. And so now you got the series at 3-2. And I guess my question to you is, tell me why the Clippers believe they can win this series. Well, I think it's a couple of things, though, Brian, when you, you say why they believe one, the coach, his poise, the things that he's able to do as a leader. The team follows his lead. Right. If he's over there stressed out and not believing, you certainly can sense it on your coach and the people around you. And that's not Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue's done an excellent job at uh, the rotation. I think he's done an excellent job at mixing things up, adjustments, in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, post-game adjustments into the next game, all of the different things that he's able to do. And I'm happy for him because it's almost like you could get he can get that only reason why is because of LeBron James off his back. Yeah. That he's showing the world that I can actually coach. And and the Clippers made the right decision by allowing me to be the head coach. The chiropractor. Um so Tyler. when you look at it from that standpoint, then they got Paul George. They got Paul George. I understand people look at Paul George and they start to act as though this dude haven't been cooking yeah. in the playoffs. Right. Okay, yeah, he missed the two free throws. Okay. Okay, he missed two free throws. Right. In clutch time. Yes, he makes $40 million a year. He missed those two free throws. But if you close your eyes and don't think about those free throws and just think about his play, how can they not? Especially if Reggie Jackson, uh, Morris, Boogie Cousins, and the rest of the band decides to play the music. They going to win the series. That's how you believe. You got a dude out there dropping Kevin Durant-type numbers mm -hmm. on your head, mm -hmm. night in and night out for the most part. And if everybody else comes to the party, then they're going to win. They have the better team right now. They do have the better team because the they got Clippers? the best because they got the best player in the series. Really? They got the best player. So in this who's this better series, than who's better series. than Paul George right now? You don't think Devin Booker is better? No, mm -hmm. no. No, man, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We like Devin Booker. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we like his look. We like all that. Yeah. You know, 
But no, he's not better than Paul George. He said we like his look. Yeah, we like his look. Okay, okay. light skin. I didn't say that, man. <laughs> you like said skin. that. You said that. I just said we like his look. We like what he's doing. How about that? Okay, there, there you, you go. go. That's better. <laughs> Except yesterday. Okay. Right? You right. didn't really his game wasn't really there. Aiden didn't show up. And not because Aiden didn't uh Aiden didn't show up because they would he decided that he wasn't gonna shoot the ball or or anything like that. It was a defensive scheme that was thrown at him. Yeah. They ran a zone and they kind of Made them have to shoot from the perimeter, and they didn't force the ball down low to him. Better than Chris Paul, yeah, yeah. Mm. Chris Paul, Chris, because Chris Paul does it different. Chris Paul is a facilitator. Mm-hmm. He's like making sure everybody's in position. He's the leader. He's the clap guy. He's the look at you in your face guy to tell you you need to get going. We need you to carry this thing. But in terms of from beginning to end, Paul George on both ends of the floor. Now you got to remember defense too. So if a dude is giving you 41 and 13 and 6 and 5 and 6 assists, if he can not necessarily even do that, if he can do some of that and those other guys can chip in what they're capable of doing, play their role, do exactly what they're there to do, the Clippers will win. Uh, I want you to take a listen to Paul George. He spoke with Rachel Nichols after the game about him, uh, what he has to do uh, for the Clippers, of course, uh, not only to win this series, but to win the next game. I haven't shot the ball well this whole series. Um, at some point, I, I had to have a breakthrough. I had to. I was getting great looks. I love the shots I was getting. Um, I think just scheduling and, you know, every other night was playing a role on it. Just was missing, coming up short, tired on shots. Um, but, you know, I got a good night's nice rest. Um, and, uh, you know, my teammates been carrying me. Honestly, uh, they've been carrying me. Tonight I had to come through. He certainly came through uh, with 41. Uh, and, uh, and listen, Paul George has gotten a lot of flack. Uh, and he, I, I don't know why. As you pointed out, sure, he missed the, the two free throws. Well, it goes all the way, Brian, it goes all the way back to Indy, though. It, that, it, you're right. All, you're right. Though, even though people, people don't Point realize. to the bubble and hitting the side of the backboard and – then they said, oh, well, you know, he talked about well, maybe he did he hit the side of the backboard. That was like, oh, you're an NBA player. Okay. Right. right. But it goes back to the Pacers. Mm-hmm. But people forget you're not getting past the Miami Heat and LeBron James. No matter what you did, no matter who you were, that was a hard one to defeat. And so you look at that. You look at his tenure with, with the Pacers. Then he, he flirted. With going to L.A., but not for the Clippers, with the Lakers. Right. He really wanted to be a Laker. Right. In the end, he felt like Magic and, and, and Rob Palenka and those guys didn't do enough to trade for him. Remember Magic got in trouble mm-hmm. and the whole deal, $500,000 fine. He felt like, okay, they don't do enough to trade for me. Then they traded him to OKC. He formed some sort of relationship with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. In the end, he goes, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll resign. Forget it. I'm just going to resign with OKC. Because he, instead of going to the Lakers, he resigned with OKC because he felt like he was like left at the altar by the Lakers. Then the OKC thing goes south, and now Kawhi recruits him. He comes to the Lakers. I mean, he comes to the Clippers. Clippers. The Clippers get knocked out of the bubble. He hits the side of a backboard. So everybody's like, man, what, what is this? He names himself Playoff P. and Named himself Playoff P. And so now it's like, oh, okay, this dude is nothing but another guy. But in the body of his work, his body of work is legit. Yeah, There's absolutely. nothing wrong with it. It's, it's 
Now you see he has to be a long ranger to a degree, and he's cooking and showing you what he's capable of doing. And I know right there talking to Rachel Nichols, he said that his teammates had been carrying him. No, they hadn't. Right. He'd been, they'd been all collectively doing things together as a group. He's had games, not quite that game, but he's had good games throughout the playoffs. Mm. Um, and so now with it going back to L.A., um, how much confidence does that give the Clippers now going back home and getting a win in Phoenix? I think Phoenix is, is the confidence. Okay. L.A. hadn't been kind to them in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they, it just hadn't been kind to them in Staples Center. I don't know what I don't know what it is. It just hadn't. Um you know, but you still feel better being at home opposed to on the road. If they could get this one at home and put the pressure on Phoenix, apply that pressure. Because there's a little bit of pressure yeah. on Phoenix to to know it's three two now and we're going to a home stadium. That that can turn on you in a heartbeat. As an athlete, do you get comfortable or or is, you know, from a Phoenix standpoint, is there s- some self doubt? Because you felt like you had your, you had uh, your foot on their neck, and you thought you had this series, you know, in control. Now all of a sudden it's three two. You're like, man, Paul George is hot. No, it's no, it's no self doubt. Because one thing that you do know is you know what you did wrong. Okay. So your corrections are extremely important. Whenever you lose a game uh, or whatever, they could tell you why they lost the game before you even get to the locker room to ask that question. They already know yeah. we lost because this is what we did wrong. Now, when you go in and you watch the film and you start really breaking things down, and that's when you start to dig into the weeds of everything to make the adjustments for the next game. You're prepared. The next game, the game plan is different. We understand now if you do this, we can, we have something to counter to it opposed to trying to do an in-game adjustment. Mm. Uh, of course, all the guests here uh, join us on the Goodyear hotline. Uh, and joining us right now is Chris Canny. Of course, he is the co-host of DCR on ESPN Radio. What's up, Chris? Nothing much, man. How you guys doing this morning? Man, it's good. You know, we having all kinds of talk. We didn't talk some football. We didn't talk some hoop. Uh, talk, talk. What are your thoughts on the game, man? And not only what Paul George did, but the complexion of this series going back to L.A. Well, for Paul George to be able to step up and did and do what he did last night. I mean, being able to drop 41 points and do it on 15 or 20 shooting, like that's that's impressive, man. This this playoff run, I mean, he's done more to change the storyline or the narrative around his career as as any other player around the playoffs save Kevin Durant. So, I mean, I, I just I'm really impressed by what he's done stepping up in Kawhi Leonard's absence. I mean, you, you can't ask this guy to do more. Being able to extend the series uh, and bring it back to L.A., that was a big-time performance by him last night. All right. So, um, you know, one of the things that we had talked about, Chris, earlier in the show was a big perk sound when he was on Get Up, and he said a football player can't be the GOAT of all sports. What do you think, CC? Yeah, I'm going to need Big Perk to chill out on that one. I might have to call him up to the pulpit for that because I just – to be so dismissive of football players when it comes to the greatest – of all-time conversation across all sports, I just think it's a little bit reckless. And here's why. When we start talking about professional athletes, a big part of why we admire them is because of the degree of difficulty that comes along with doing what they do. Like playing against the best athletes of the world and being able to, to, to triumph under some of the tough, most adverse circumstances. Like that's why, you know, we, we have the, the, the greatest of all-time conversation because – a lot of those guys are able to be at their best when their best is required, 
and it's really, really tough circumstances oftentimes. With football, I mean, it's probably the most physically demanding of all the professional team sports. So to be just dismissive of football players altogether because they don't play both ways, I just think that's 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 a little reckless. Yeah, it, and I was I told Brian, Chris, I'm like, well, actually, we kind of play both ways if you really pay attention to football. If it wasn't for Chris Canty coming off the edge or in between the A-gap, penetrating, getting to the quarterback, sacking him inside of their own end of the field, it now if he does that, now it we rely on him to do that. So now it gives us the leverage to be in the red zone, first and 10 from the 15-yard line. So that is helping out the other side. Well, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Key. I mean, just because you play on one side of the ball doesn't mean that you can't have a direct impact on on the, the you know your team having success. I mean, a guy getting a turnover, you know, sack fumble or interception, that's going to help the offense. Sometimes the defense can be the offense with being able to score. So, I mean, to to sit here and say that that you know, football players can't be considered in that conversation. I just think that's man, that's Perk talking. Man, I can't listen to Perk. <laughs> exactly, I ain't listening exactly. to Perk about that. Exactly. Come on now. And, and 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 on top of that, why not just enjoy everybody that has had a hell of a careers? Why not just enjoy the great ones like that, right? Instead of, well, is Jordan better than him? Is is Gretzky better than Jordan? Is 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 Nolan Ryan better? You know, like, just enjoy it. Yeah. We saw. We see the greatness, have an opportunity to really enjoy it and embrace it. But, you know, you know how it is. Let me ask you, I don't know why I always say that. Chris Canty, the Giants. <laughs> I don't want to say let me ask you. I'm just going to say Chris Canty, the No, nah, I heard your comments about the Giants yesterday and Daniel Jones in particular, Key. And I got to ask you a question about this one. Yeah. How can you have so much confidence mm-hmm. that Daniel Jones – during the life of his rookie contract, mm-hmm. is going to lead the Giants to a Super Bowl appearance. Please explain that one to me. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say he would lead them. Can he lead a team to a Super Bowl? Was the question. I didn't say he was going to lead them as a rookie. No, no, no. I mean, under his rookie contract, no, no, not at all. But I think he's capable of leading them to a Super Bowl at some point in time in New York. I didn't say within the next two years. No. I don't think they I don't think they're a Super Bowl ready team in the next two years. But you played with a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Eli Manning. Mm. So when mm. I look at Daniel Jones and I look at Eli's career, I mean, it, 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 look, let's be honest with each other. You've been in the defensive side of the room and Eli won Super Bowls, but it wasn't the same sort of conversation when you faced Brett Favre. It wasn't like Oh my God, Brett Favre is going to do this, so we need to do that. It's like, okay, they got Eli a quarterback in a hell of a defense. There wasn't nobody was running from Eli Manning, even though he won two Super Bowls. It's it's totally okay to say that. And I think Daniel Jones is capable of being that type of quarterback in New York. Watch Chris Kenny put some respect on Eli Manning. Yeah. I'm putting respect have, on his yeah, name you're too. You have to put a little more respect no, on I, Eli's name. No, but you you should. Back your teammate. I'm not no, saying no, no. you this shouldn't. Goes beyond, no, no, Key, this I'm goes not saying beyond you shouldn't. That. Key, this goes beyond backing my teammate. This goes beyond that. If you go back and look at that 2011 season, I mean, Eli and that offense really carried us and got us to the point where we could get into the playoffs. Now, our defense stepped up in a big way once we got into the tournament, 
But go back and look at the regular season no, metrics, no. both I, on the I offensive get, side no. of the ball and I the defensive it, side Chris. of the ball. I understand that saying. particular year. I'm talking about the body of work from beginning to end. I'm not I'm not singling out a single year. I'm talking about his entire tenure as a New York Giant. I get it. We all get enamored with the two Super Bowls in the last name. Manny. I understand it. I get it 100%. But let's be honest with each other here. We're not talking about Brett Favre. And I bring up Brett Favre because that's our era. That was like one of the hot quarterbacks. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're, we're not talking about that type well, of well, quarterback here's what play. I, here's what I will we're say, talking about Key, a guy you, who can win Super Bowls. Here's what I will say, Key. You mentioned Brett Favre. When it comes to the regular season, there's no doubt that I would prefer to have Brett Favre over Eli Manning. But when we get to the postseason, that's an entirely different subject altogether. I mean, when you look at Eli Manning's postseason runs, the one he had in 2007 where all of his wins were on the road, and then you look at what he did in 2011, just the level of production, especially that NFC Championship game out there in San Francisco when he took an absolute beating yeah. and somehow willed us to win in yeah. overtime out there. Yes. Like th- th- those, are, those are moments that, that added to Eli Manning's legacy, and, and that's why yes. we look back at him and say, okay, there is a certain level here when you start talking about competitive greatness, being at your best when your best is required. Like, there's a certain level that's there that puts him ahead of a lot of other quarterbacks that were, you know, in his, in his, uh, in his era of football. All I'm saying is when it comes to the conversation around Daniel Jones, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to ascend to that type of level, whether he's going to be capable of making those types of plays, those types of throws. The physical gifts are there. I believe the sports character is there. It's just a matter of him being able to put it all together. But I don't have – I can't sit here and say I have a ton of confidence that that's going to happen based on the level of production that we've seen from him in the first two years. Keep see, in mind, Eli Manning's second year, he had his team Chris, in the playoffs. See, Chris, I do have a level of confidence – that he could be a guy long-term and have success. you got to look at the players that they surrounded him around now. They've done well. They've gotten some pieces in place. And if he doesn't, then you'll have the answer. If he doesn't this year, you'll have the answer that he's not the guy. But based on the way things are constructed right now, you've got to think he's going to take advantage of the situation. Because if he doesn't, he won't be the damn quarterback, and we won't even be having this conversation. We'll be talking about who are they going to draft next. Hey, CC, so it begs the question then for Giant fans, who's their X factor? Who's their X factor this upcoming season? Uh, I think it's going to have to be Kenny Galladay. They went out and spent a bunch of money on him in free agency to be that true X receiver, that guy outside the numbers that can dictate front and coverage for Daniel Jones, a guy that should make life a lot easier for Saquon Barkley, that offensive line in that running game, because he's going to pull two guys – He's going to command two guys, make sure that you got a corner on him and a safety over the top. I think it has to be Kenny Galladay um, as the X factor. He's the one that's going to change the complexion of this offense, man. And I keep saying this, like the Giants offense, they they did seem like they found some sort of identity in the second half of the season, being able to have that running game with Daniel Jones being a part of it. But it was still the second worst offense in the National Football League. Like, they've got to be better. They've got to be more explosive. So adding Kenny Galladay, I think, is going to be huge for them. He's going to have to have a major impact. He's going to have to stay healthy, too, because that's been one of the issues that he's had the last couple of years. But to me, he has to be a difference maker in order for this Giants team to get where they want to go. See, difference maker to me is certainly Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's the X factor because 
He takes all the pressure off of Daniel Jones at quarterback. When you can get eight and nine men outside the box and now you can free things up and, and receivers can have free access to run around and do what they need to do because you got a, a stud in the backfield that everybody is watching, that's key. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's huge. So you got that balance. If they load the box because they're trying to slow down Saquon, you got everybody back there that can do what they need to do. Now all of a sudden – Galladay start cooking. Ingram starts to act like he knows how to play football and not drop the football. Then you got uh, Rudolph that they brought over from the Vikings. Uh, Shepard is there. So you start getting all these pieces put in play. Now, all of a sudden, everybody got drop off to try to stop the passing game. You turn around and hand the ball to Saquon. He's off and running. Uh, CC, can't let you go without talking about the Jets. Who's their X factor, you think? Uh, it's going to have to be that offensive line. And I, I, I credit the Jets organization for not repeating the same mistakes with Zach Wilson that they had with Sam Donald. Big issue with Sam was the talent around him, not having a good offensive line, not having receivers to throw to. They seem to address both this offseason. But, I mean, I want to start with keeping the quarterback upright. I mean, going out and drafting Elijah Vera Tucker to pair with um, Makai Becton on the left side of that offensive line. And then... Late in free agency, last week they go out and sign Morgan Moses to play right tackle. I mean, trying to build a wall in front of Zach Wilson, their rookie quarterback who's going to be their day one starter, I think that's the right way to go. That offensive line is going to have to be the X factor for them this year. Well, he don't know if he's going to start. That's what he said. Zach Wilson come on, know. come on, Key. That's what Zach said, man. Come on, Key. Zach said he you, don't you know. know that? Okay, so, if Zach, so Key, if Zach Wilson isn't the starter – Who's I ain't buying star- it. Who's the, who's the starter for the Jets? I don't Can you even name nope, me another quarterback on the Jets? I don't right even now? think they have a veteran quarterback in in the, on their roster. Well, right? that's my yeah. key. That's my point. That's my point. Zach that. Wilson yeah. is going to be the starter. Of course no matter it what is. He but, says. He, but he said that he, he didn't know, and of course he's going to be the starter. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Chris Canny. CC. You can hear him. Uh, his co-host DCR. You can hear it on uh, ESPN New York. Uh, 98.7. CC sitting up James there. Morgan, for the record, Jets uh, backup quarterback, followed by Mike White. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I thought he was talking Mike about the White, drink. I Mike thought he said Jones. Captain Morgan for a minute. I'm like, what are you Don't talking really- about, Evan? <laughs> uh, by the way, Chris Kenny, my man, even though he was a turncoat, went from the Cowboys to the Giants, which wow. was blasphemous, wow. uh, just to go get a Super Bowl. But, you know, he if that's how you want to roll, that's how you want to roll. They gave me a bag of money, too, because they gave me a bag of money, too. Don't leave that out. Smart move. Yeah, absolutely. He's my brother. Uh, Have a great show today, Chris. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Of course, all guests uh, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, KJZ is presented by Progressive Insurance. And again, uh, all guests just like Chris Canny on the Goodyear Hotline. Hey, listen, we're going to tell you how show and tell became show in hell uh, for the Yankees. Uh, That's coming up. But Key has got this from Goodyear. Goodyear knows when the playoffs heat up, so do the possibilities. The underdogs begin to emerge, and top seeds are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... 
Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Clippers basketball, George for three. I got your glass jaw, Mark Jones. Knocks it down, makes it 89-78. Paul George trying to silence the haters, coming up with 31 through three quarters. Mark Jones, Doris Burke with the call on ESPN Radio. Paul George did quiet the haters last night. Clippers stave off elimination. They beat the Suns 116-102, game five of the Western Conference Finals. PG-13 was playoff P. 41 points on 15 of 20 from the field, 13 rebounds, six dimes. Just the second player in NBA history to put up 40, 10, and 5 and shoot 75% from the field in a playoff game. Patrick Ewing, the first to do it in 1990. Suns lead the series, though, three games to two. Game six, back in L.A., Staples Center, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio. An MRI was done on the Hawks' Trey Young's foot. It shows he has a bone bruise. He is listed as questionable for tonight's game four against the Bucks. Everyone expects Young to play. Malika Andrews reported on SportsCenter that the Bucks are prepping as if Trey Young will play and start tonight. Coverage of game four of the Eastern Conference Finals starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. And to hockey. The Lightning, they take a one-game-to-nothing lead in the Stanley Cup Finals. They beat up the Canadians 5-1. to one. It was the first time the Lightning have won Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. In fact, they lost Game 1 in 2004. They lost it in 2015, and they did it again last year. But they get the victory in Game 1 last night, and they lead the series one game to nothing. Sports Center. It is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. They're going to do random checks. It's going to be like DUI checkpoints. Eight to ten a game, probably two for each starting pitcher. And we might have an issue going on here with Hector Santiago as the Sticky Stuff Police has... Pulled him over a routine inspection. I kind of joked around with him moving like if I was going to run away because I know I wasn't using anything besides rosin. You know, what's what's given to us. 
sticky icky icky. Get that sticky icky icky, man. You know what Snoop and them said about that sticky icky icky, <laughs> what it can do to you. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. KJZ is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Buster Oni, he joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline. By the way, on the latest episode of uh, the Baseball Tonight podcast, Buster sits down with Alex Rodriguez, and they cover everything on how he ended up with the Yankees, of course, that fight with Veritech, and, and of course, finally winning uh, the World Series. So, our ESPN Baseball Insider joining us now. And, Buster, you know, um, the Red Sox pitcher Garrett Richards said, I think it was last night, quote, I need to stop sweating. He said he dunked his arm in ice to cool down in between innings. He said, if I could stop sweating, everything would be fine. Uh, what are what are other pitchers saying about this? Because they feel that if they sweat and mix with rosin, that it's going to appear that they've got some sticky stuff on their gloves. Yeah, and I think uh, something else that he said really caught my eye in that he uh, essentially, it was as if he was given truth serum and, and represented thoughts of a lot of pitchers. He also told reporters after the game that during the course of that outing, he was like making it up in terms of trying to come up with a repertoire. He's throwing a changeup. He's throwing 60-mile-an-hour curveballs. He's trying to come up with something because what he relied on in the past is not available to him anymore. And that's been the conversation with evaluators around baseball. It's, have you seen so-and-so? Have you noticed how so-and-so doesn't have that wipeout slider anymore? It's like there's a, you know, an army of pitchers who gone, have gone from being Superman to Clark Kent because they don't have their sticky stuff anymore. Uh, and it's absolutely fascinating to see the spin rates uh, around baseball all going down. And look, this is the new reality, and the pitchers are going to have to adapt in midseason, and it's going to be difficult for some, and maybe some won't ever be able to adapt. Buster, you were on Sunday night baseball broadcast when Trevor Bauer said uh, this about the way Major League Baseball is now inspecting the pitchers. Take a listen. Everyone's so different, so you need to have some objectivity to it. And instead of the umpires checking, like let's just handle it like TSA, where you walk in the dugout, there's a third party there, they swab your hand, they swab your glove, run it through a machine, and if you have over a certain amount of a certain substance on your hand or on your glove, you know, it flags it, and then you can make the decision and the discipline around that. That way you're not doing it on the field, and whatever the case is. What did you make of what Trevor said on Sunday? I thought Trevor was outstanding uh, during the course of that interview and sort of laying out some some adjustments. Uh, I thought he was very fair-minded. And look, the first week, uh, I think, brought up a lot of circumstances where you hear you know people in the game saying, maybe they should change this. For example, <laughs> um, some of these random checks they're doing on pitchers, if they have a really, really bad inning, Maybe that's not necessarily the time you want to check a guy. Uh, like last week when Sergio Romo gave up a home run, they checked him coming off the mound. He ripped down his pants because he was upset. As someone said, look, if you had those guys uh, were actually looking for a competitive advantage with sticky stuff, it didn't work for them. And then we had a situation on the Sunday night game where Clayton Kershaw, phenomenal outing, eight innings, comes off the mound. He's already been checked, by the way, at that point, twice for sticky substances. The crowd at Dodger Stadium rises to honor him, and then he gets intercepted by the umpires. It's like, okay, well, maybe we can do a better job of reading in the room and let, let Clayton Kershaw go off and get cheered by the fans. We, meaning the Dodgers, we take game one of from that team up north in the Giants. Uh, what What's the most important thing in this series that you know will allow us to take control of the west 
Yeah, Keith, it was fascinating being at Dodger Stadium over the weekend, talking to folks there. Um, one, they're st- they're very confident that they're going to be able to figure out their way and, and win the division again. And B, they also recognize it's going to be an absolute brawl in a way that it hasn't been in the past because you can make an argument that the three best teams are in that division, in, in the Giants and the Dodgers and the Padres. Number one, without a doubt, get their stars back on the field. You know, the other day they got Cody Bellinger back last week. Uh, he came back and he hits a walk-off home run on Saturday. Uh, you know, it c- contributes uh, the next day. Uh, Max Muncy's back. He hits a home run last night. And they got to get Corey Seager back. The problem there is is that they don't really know when he's going to come back. The thought was he was going to go on a minor league rehabilitation assignment these days. I saw him taking ground balls and running the bases the other day. But he has discomfort when he swings the bat. And, you know, that's a superstar player who, you know, typically will bat behind Mookie Betts, who's not available to them now. I think probably you're looking right after the All-Star break. So them, by the way, Buster, uh, talking about those Dodgers, <laughs> took uh, Bauer away from my Cincinnati Reds, the Nasty Natty. That's a different story. We'll get into that some other time. Uh, but uh, last night, I think Shohei Otani, I think he was oh. 0 for 9 uh, there in the Bronx. And then first plate appearance, boom, hits a rocket to right. Uh, he's now got 26 home runs. Tell me, how can possibly anyone else uh, be MVP of the American League, especially what this guy's doing right now? Yeah, he would be. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having a great year. Yes. He might actually win the Triple Crown, uh, and that's, uh, you know, what an incredible year of growth for him. But I know, having in the past voted for MVP, how writers like their narratives, and there's no uh, more dynamic narrative right now than Otani. You know, we've been comparing him since we first started hearing his name to Babe Ruth, because Babe Ruth was the last uh, major leaguer successfully pitched and hit in the same league. I, I think we've got to stop doing that. I think we've got to start comparing him to Bo Jackson. Uh, someone who is elite at two different, you know, very different skills. Uh, for Otani to be as dominant as a hitter and dominant as a pitcher he is is remarkable. And it's why you got, you know, guys like Kevin Durant going out to Yankee Stadium last night to watch him. Uh, it's why you got guys like J.J. Watt tweeting out about him. It's phenomenal. And what was really cool last night was to see Otani how uh, he clearly is one of those guys who loves to go to New York and loves to be on the big stage in response to that. Not all players are like that. Otani clearly is, which is why I can't wait for the home run derby because you know he's going to have a blast and absolutely rise to the occasion with his game going along with him. All right, so listen, Kyle Schwarber, I think he joined Barry Bonds in uh, 2001 and Sammy Sosa in 98 as uh, the only players with 15 home runs in like a 17-game span. Uh, Stats Incredible is brought to you by My my Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. Uh, It seems like, you know, Schwarber is on one of those great runs in MLB history. Uh, What do you make of the run that he's having, especially for the Nats? BC, I think there are probably people in the Cubs organization who are nodding their head going, yep, we knew it was in there all along. If you remember Kyle Schwarber, he was, he was viewed as such, being such a hitting savant that you know when he was breaking into the big leagues, his first uh, months in the big leagues, they were rushing him back after he uh, you know, blew out his knee 
to, so he could be a DH in the World Series not having played in six months. That's how good of a hitter he was. But he tends to be a guy who can be really tough on himself. Uh, he'd have ups and downs with the Cubs, and, and he would grind on himself a lot. Well, you know what? Now that he's in his late 20s, he seems to be putting it all together. And on top of that, uh, to, to circle back to our original conversation about foreign substances, this is also part of the conversation going around front offices right now. Like, there were hitters that maybe they weren't necessarily thriving, and now people are wondering, you know what? Now the pitchers aren't throwing these crazy wiffle ball breaking balls anymore. Maybe there are going to be some hitters who are going to gain uh, and have an advantage. A Gary Sanchez of the Yankees is another. Maybe Kyle Schwarber, you know, part of his hot streak is he's not facing pitchers who are uh, having the sticky stuff to, to their benefit, and he's taking advantage of it. Incredible run. Yeah, yeah, these pitchers with that sticky icky. He is our ESPN Baseball Insider. Bust a bus, Buster only. Thank you, Buster. What it is, what it is. See you guys. <laughs> my man. My man, 50 grand. Uh, listen, can Jordan Love really win a Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return? We've got to discuss that. Uh, but first, Key's got this from Goodyear. Bank of America. Yeah, man. Not Goodyear. <laughs> it's baseball season and you're ready to go all out. So you ordered the essentials to do that, to make the game? a success like a jersey, a power recliner, a bigger screen, and you use your Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, that is, Mm -hmm. choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, rewards that can put you toward the central piece of the celebration, an air horn. (laughs) (laughs) Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewards. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Real or not real. With Blue the- fight! What is you wrong with know. you? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on. Go get you in trouble. Yeah, you sure will. You go get in trouble with somebody, Key. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, what's up to the bros? K-A-S-I. Men wear the diamond high in the sky. Anyway, oh, uh, the realest brothers on radio, Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin. I'm Brian Custer in for Zubin. Uh, real, not real. Uh, Evan Milner, where you at? Where you at, Will? Where you at? Right here, right here. Okay. All right, Willy so Wonka, got, let's go. Yeah, great. We got real or not real. Okay. Willy Wonka, where'd you... What is wrong with you? <laughs> and we're talking about real and not real QBs, 25 why. and under, who can win a Super Bowl, right? Yes. All right. 
Here we go. Daniel Jones, real or not real, can win a Super Bowl. I think it's real. I, I, this year will tell you a lot about him. They went out there and they got toys. You heard a couple segments ago Chris Canty and myself talking about right. Daniel Jones. And Look, all it takes is to get into the playoffs and hit the right buttons. And I think he has the capabilities of doing that. Evan Ingram, they went out and got Rudolph. We know what Saquon Barkley and Shepard could be, the defensive side of the ball. And so – Jason Garrett has to do a better job at calling plays, and Daniel Jones needs to stay healthy, and I think he can lead them to a Super Bowl. And we're not talking about this year. Okay, I was going to say. We're just talking about in his career Correct. if he's with the Giants. So slow down right. if y'all thinking I'm talking about this season. Because I, I was going to say, I know Buster only was on us talking about the sticky icky on the gloves. I'm about to say, you, you've been – no, I have not sticky, been. You've been no, hitting I have that not sticky been icky. smoking any sticky icky. <laughs> I wanted to clarify that. Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, listen, the only thing that, that scares me with the Giants, you got Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator. That's all I'm going to say. You got Jason Garrett, That's, the, the guy who, who just did this. Sounds like a Cowboys fan. Just like this on the, on the, on the sidelines all the time. Clapped all the time. Jason Garrett was very different. Go ahead, Evan. All right, what's next? All right, real or not real, I think this one's easy. Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl. Yes. I think Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl. I think that they have the the makings of a Super Bowl-type team. He's got to continue to take steps forward. You know, the only problem with them is they're going to run into Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson a lot and Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. So, for me – I look at it and say he's just got to continue to keep growing at the position. I know he got MVP votes last year, but prior to that, he was struggling a little bit at the quarterback, but he obviously has grown to the point where they feel comfortable with him that they're talking contract extension in the future. I will say this. They should be the toast of the AFC East. I know you like New England, but it should be Buffalo's division. And it, it should be. It should be. But it the should. problem is New England spent a lot of money. Yep. They got players back after COVID that opted out. And I believe that the quarterback in Cam Newton is going to hold off Mac Jones long enough to get New England back into the playoffs. I like Josh Allen. This is how you know when you've been around Bill Parcells too long. The only thing that scares me about Josh Allen is those indiscriminate throws in the postseason because they're rolling and you're thinking, ooh, just don't throw that pick, Josh Allen, because you know it's coming. This is quarterbacks 25 and under who will play this season 25 and under. So Patrick Mahomes turns 26 in September, not on the list. Baker Mayfield, already 26, not on the list. Lamar Jackson, though, won't turn 25 until January. Lamar Jackson, real or not real, can win a Super Bowl. He's real. I I think he can win a Super Bowl. I know the style of play doesn't hit everybody's taste buds, but it does mine. I think he's electric. And I think they went out there offensively and got some skill position players to build around him. They're putting him underneath the center. Everything won't be out of shotgun. So he's starting to develop at the quarterback position. I'll say it again. They went out and got some skill position players. I talked to I talked to one of the coaches in Baltimore the other day, and we was just talking about the receiver position. He was like, Bateman, he going to be one. Mm. Key. That's exactly what he said to me. He said he's going, he's going to be one. And I'm like, okay, all right. I, would, I wish they would have gotten another big-time receiver for him. Well, they got Sammy Watkins. If yeah. Sammy can stay healthy, I, healthy. Think, right. I think if he can stay healthy, and I think he probably will, and you got Hollywood Brown and you got Bateman now, you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he can definitely win the Super Bowl. They're, they're on the cusp. All right. Playing real or not real, quarterbacks 25 and under who can win a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, real or not real? I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's real. I, and it's not Joe Burrow. I think it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I think it's just the Cincinnati Bengals. They went out there and drafted a wide receiver in Jamar Chase to add another weapon 
for his quarterback. Yes, familiarity, college, they played together. I get it. All those sort of things. But he can't help him if he's throwing from his back. Yep. He needed offensive line protection, and they decided that that's not the way that they wanted to go. They did a Cincinnati thing, and I don't think you can win a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. I know we talk X-Factor. That left tackle has got to be the X-Factor for them because, like you said, you can't throw looking up in the sky, and they got to keep him upright. That would be Jonah Williams. There you go. All right, last one, real or not real. Jordan Love can win a Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, real or not real. Eventually, eventually. Not this year, no. Not even remotely close. But he could have some success. And the reason I think that is because they have a team that has gone to two NFC Championship games with Aaron Rodgers. And I've watched young quarterbacks take over teams or come to teams that had talent. They got a lot of talent on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. All he has to do is drive the bus and not crash it. If he could drive it and get them to the destination, they'll have an opportunity to compete. Good job, Ev. Uh, coming up, a Hall of Famer who did not get the final shot. Boy, he's certainly getting the final word. He's talking spitting fire. That's next, KJZ ESPN Radio.